Welcome back to the Cover 3 podcast. Today, we got a recap of college football week 10. We have thoughts on the latest batch of college football playoff rankings, as always, and we will have picks at the end, previewing the next weekend of great football coming up. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jack Wallace. And Jack, I feel like after the initial shock of last week's rankings, it's not quite as contentious this week. Now, we have well, thought. We have qualms. We do. We do. We always have qualms. nearly as contentious seeing these the second time around as it was seeing these the first time around. Well, first of all, it's the blanket coverage, not the cover three podcast. Uh, I, why? Wow. Wow. I, I noticed you, you tripped I, up. Wow. On I totally Which you've never up. done in over 100 I episodes. Listened to way, I listened to I've never done that. Wow. I listened never to. Never have. I was way, like, what? I listen to the cover three podcast sometimes when I'm going to sleep. And so it's just like mental. It's just like muscle memory for me. Yeah, I was, I was like, I that, don't know. Thank you, that, but... thank you for, uh, for recovering that. That that's that's embarrassing. Um, I promise, <laughs> I promise uh, that the rest of the season, uh, you will never see another player um, podcast as hard as I will. Uh, you will never see a player uh, have have as many takes as I will. The rest You'll of get the it season, down. I promise that to you. But to take a look at the college football playoff rankings, and actually just to make it um, to make it easier for everyone to follow along, we'll go ahead and share our screen. I'll go ahead and put that up just so we can get a little visual here, uh, which is always nice. But let me get that up real quickly. So here we go. As y'all can see, right over on this side. We got our top teams in here, and to start things off, we know Georgia at one, Alabama at two, Oregon at three, Ohio State at four. All those teams just getting shifted up. Um, actually, Cincinnati shifted up one spot as well, so those spots I think are all pretty fair moves. And then Michigan, Michigan State. Now, this is my first major qualm here. I am aware that out of these two teams – Obviously, Michigan State has the worst loss, getting blown out pretty pretty heavily by Purdue. I know. But the head-to-head is Michigan State two weeks ago. It's yeah, not like if, it was a month ago or two months ago. It was two weeks ago. If this only there was a way to compare the two teams, you know? If we, only there I was a way to break the tie. <laughs> I guess we'll never know who would win in a game between Michigan and Michigan State. I mean, it's um, crazy to me. Yeah, I I and and here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you want to say, well, Michigan State has a worse loss than Michigan, okay, sure. But Oregon has a worse loss than any of them. Which I think is also a very good point. Oregon also has the best win in the country. That that's that's a fact. Um however, Oregon's ranked ahead of Ohio State despite having a far worse loss on their record than Ohio State and playing far worse since that game. Yeah, yeah, they're ahead and Michigan State's not. Meanwhile, Michigan State is not getting the benefit of the doubt. And not even the benefit of the doubt. They're not getting the benefit of knowing that they beat Michigan's that they beat Michigan. So I just don't see that's my problem 
with these rankings as a whole. And again, these rankings are a complete enigma. They are a made up thing, uh, just made up out of thin air by dumb ADs that like spend most of their time scheduling non-conference games in 2036, but then they get together once a week uh, to figure out uh, which of these teams are better than the other. And like I said, if there was only a way to find out if Michigan State or Michigan is the better team, uh, hint, it's Michigan State because they beat Michigan on the field. But the inconsistency of logic is my biggest problem with these rankings all the time. Because they, the committee will say, well, losses matter. You know, a quality loss is better than losing to Stanford. But how, what do quality wins weigh versus quality losses? They're just making it up. They're as dumb as we are. They're just making all this stuff up. And they happen to be in a position of power where it matters. So to look down the list a little bit, because we'll keep on uh, moving down here, we then have Oklahoma as our next team to talk about. And I'm going to have them up here because Oklahoma is one of the biggest disparities between the AP poll and the college football playoff poll. They're at number four in the AP poll. Again, mind you, Oklahoma is 9-0. and They have not lost any games on their schedule. Has their schedule been exceedingly difficult? No. And have they looked kind of bad at times? Absolutely. But how many of those games are with Radler at quarterback versus what we've seen from Williams? And that's well, another Caleb difference. Williams was the quarterback in Lawrence where they opened up the gates and uh, for the Jayhawks, and the Jayhawks almost came away with the win there. And that's true, too. And again, when you have games like a five-point win against Tulane, a uh, seven-point win against Nebraska, three-point win against West Virginia, again, all those home games, road game, only a six-point win against Kansas State, a close game against Texas, but I won't really knock them for that. Uh, the Kansas the Kansas game was not very good. TCU was a good win, and Texas Tech was a clean win. But here's the thing for Oklahoma, though. You have at Baylor, Iowa State, at Oklahoma State. If you win out, it is insane to not have Oklahoma as a top-four team. Oklahoma is a top-four team if they win those three games, without a question. And I think it would well, be ridiculous to not put them in the top and four. And here's the thing. I don't think Oklahoma is one of the four best teams in the country. And no, honestly, you, have to, you four, have to be if you win those games. Or a crapshoot. No, I, I, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying Oklahoma, I think, is aptly ranked right now. I think they're about the seventh or eighth best team in the country. They're, it's just not their year. But the committee, if you'll scroll down just a tiny bit here, the <laughs> committee only dropped Baylor one spot after losing to unranked three and four TCU. Which, what? <laughs> the, this week's Oklahoma-Baylor game means immensely mm. more than if Baylor mm. was ranked at, say, I don't know, like 20. Well, it's a funny thing. That, but they're going to play either Baylor or Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship. And this goes into my first winner. We'll just go ahead, and I'm not transitioning into winners and losers quite yet, but this goes into my first winner, which is this sets up perfectly for Oklahoma to earn three top 15 wins over the rest of the season and catapult their way into the top four ahead of Cincinnati and possibly ahead of Oregon. So it, it, they're completely setting it up 
where if Oklahoma wins out, Oklahoma will be in the college football playoff. Now, is Oklahoma, like I said, is Oklahoma one of the best four teams in the country? Absolutely not. I but think I think it depends to be, to make a fair point. I think point there are six here. teams on this list that would beat the hell I, out of Oklahoma right I, now. I think, to be fair, though, if there's still a lot of ifs left. If Oklahoma comes out and plays really well in those next few games, again, I think they deserve it. But that's an if. I'm just saying, if Oklahoma comes out and blows the doors off of Baylor and blows the doors off Iowa State, blows the doors off Oklahoma State, not saying it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. If it happens, and let's even say they go and have a fantastic game in the Big 12 championship, there isn't really an argument for them to get in, and I would fight for them. I would think it would be 100% deserving that they didn't get in because you also even have up here with these teams where Georgia and Alabama are going to play each other. That's going to happen. Yes. So either Georgia's going to drop a game or Bama's going to have two losses. And there's Michigan, no Ohio way. State. Michigan State, Ohio yeah, State. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. These games are going to happen. And at the end of the day, you still have Cincinnati on the board. Cincinnati's not getting in. I'm sorry. That that's but that's what I'm saying. That Cincinnati is going to get booted out at some point. So who's left? Oklahoma. It's they're gonna get in. I think Cincinnati deserves a spot over them at right now. Of course, they have a better win, but again, we don't know that for certain, even though we we can say it. But I just I don't know. And then Oregon always has their tendency to organ it up and blow a game. So it's I there's still a lot of ifs left. Though the ifs are shortening. We're getting a lot fewer ifs, but um. We can move on a little bit down here, too, to look at some lower teams. But, um, oh, yeah, also Wake Forest only drops three spots for losing to UNC by allowing them to score 55, uh, sorry, 58 points on them. So just side note that um, UNC put up 58 on Wake Forest and they only dropped three spots. Um, who else did we write down on here? Uh, these were okay. Oh, yeah, one big question. As someone who follows the ACC very closely and is an ACC guy with uh, Go Orange, why in the world is NC State number 16 in the country? Thank you. I Thank have you. absolutely no idea why NC State. And again, win? what's their signature win? I, I genuinely don't. I mean, even Wake Forest, I understand being, I don't understand whether they're that high now, but like it just blows my, because here's NC State's, we'll take a look at their schedule. Destroys USF, who is horrible. Loses by double digits against Mississippi State, who just blew it this week and is out of the rankings. Destroyed Furman, who's terrible in FCS. Beat Clemson by six points at home, but now we know that Clemson is mid-tier at best. Beat Louisiana Tech by seven. Louisiana Tech right now, two and seven. Two and seven. NC State beat them by seven points at home. Beat Boston College by a lot, and Boston College is okay-ish, kind of average or kind of slipping now, but... That's a decent win. Lose to Miami by one. Miami was two and four before that win. Beat Louisville by a good chunk, which is a decent win because Louisville is a very okay team. And then beat Florida State by 14, and Florida State's terrible. So that's, a again, a decent, not great, but a decent win. I'll give them credit. It's not great, but it's a decent win. None of these are great wins. They're good wins. It's just, okay, sure, you won. Now, if NC State beats Wake Forest soundly this weekend – I do think they deserve to be 16th, but they haven't played them yet. <laughs> so they don't deserve to be here. I don't understand it. This is the ranking that I would give NC State after if they beat Wake, not before it, because after this, they have Syracuse that will be a tricky game. Syracuse has been a pretty decent team in the ACC. And then you have UNC, who's been poor to begin, but is sort of coming back a little bit. So yeah, if NC State runs the table, are they a top 15 team? Sure. 
I would have a problem with ranking in the top 15. But right now, have they played enough good teams to get there? Absolutely not, and I don't understand this. Here's the deal. I think there are about 15 good teams in the country. I think there are about 15 good football teams in the country. Everyone else is, you know, going on okay to sometimes good and then down from there. I think there's a realistic case that there are about 15 to 16 good teams in the country and the rest is just kind of a crapshoot. Because please scroll down. The Pittsburgh (laughs) Panthers, pardon my French, this is a fucking sham. (laughs) They have beaten no one and lost to the University of New Hampshire. That's not true. Wait, 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 what was that? That's not true. That's not, they lost to Western Michigan, which is bad, but not that bad. It's bad, but not that bad. Might as well be the University of New Hampshire. No, no, New Hampshire. They they beat New Hampshire by 70. You gotta, gotta, that's a different story. But, but, but no, but, but you might as well be the same sentiment. There is, there is a point though. Pittsburgh played UMass and New Hampshire is two of their seven wins. They're five and two against like real teams. Yeah. No, they're not, they're not a top 25 football team. There's no way. I understand they beat Tennessee. That's not really that quality of a win. Tennessee's lost four games this year. Mind you, Western Michigan is six and four for fourth in the MAC. So they're like an okay team. <laughs> a MAC they're team making a bowl okay game is not team. bad, but like they're not bad, but like they're not, you still can't lose that game. It's still a bad loss. I'm not trying to forgive them. I'm just saying that like they didn't lose to. And, and like if they lost to Louisiana Tech or something, that would be a. I understand loss. the American is bad this year, but why does Pitt get so much more credit for wins against the um, the ACC than Cincinnati does for teams in the American? Because the Power Five is a made up thing that we all just agree that is it's better. A even though the American, it's a it's, money. It's, it's freaking a ridiculous. Ploy. It is all a money ploy. It's egregious. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. egregious. The only thing the committee did right is they ranked UTSA, finally. Which took Thank them an God. extra week to do, by the way. Took them an extra week. Took UTSA beating okay, but, but, the but do But do we seriously think, and we see on the list right here, do we seriously think that UTSA is worse than these kind of teams? I don't think so. Maybe not Auburn, but like these yes. teams, do we think the UTSA is worse than all of these teams? Because I don't know. I I think UTSA and Iowa would be a decent game. Um, I think but like UTSA they would be and Pitt. San Diego State. They would. I don't be know. <laughs> as much as we're talking about, it, I think Pitt has a chance. I'm just saying, deserving. Yeah, a chance. I mean, it's not. Deserved. I'm not saying that, that UTSA blow these teams out, but I'm saying that like I would say you could rank UTSA among any of these teams, and I think that would be fair. Being one of the top 25 teams in the country and deserving to be there, and I mean, we talk about this every year with the top four. It's most, it's best teams versus most deserving teams. Yeah. Pitt does not deserve to be a top 25 team based on their record, but I think there are just so many teams that have two and three losses that they're basically just taking their pick of the litter. Yeah, the only reason why I'm I'm been I've been going hard on UTSA is only because they've been getting better every game and their offense has been ridiculous. They they've been really controlling their games, playing really ridiculous. well. 
That's true. The last few games, that's true. The rushing because UTEP, UTEP is not a terrible team. Like UTEP, we'll talk about this. We'll talk about this game later. Um, we'll get more into it. But UTEP is not terrible, and UTSA laid a hammer on them. So I'm just gotta put that out. Last little notes I'll make on the rankings here. So Mississippi State, Kentucky, Minnesota, and Fresno State all rightfully dropped out. We'll get to some of those games later. Um. And then the remaining AP teams that are not ranked in the college football playoff. It was a lot last week. It's a little bit less this week, but there still are four more. And that is Houston at number 17 is unranked here, which is absurd. Coastal Carolina. They're not giving them love because they don't play power five teams. If you don't play power five teams, you are not going to end up in these rankings unless you're UTSA and you're undefeated. That's true. Then that next up is number 22, Coastal Carolina. Number 23, uh, Penn State, and then number 24, Louisiana Lafayette. So those are your last teams that are in the AP but not here, which, again, I think any of those teams could deserve to get ranked um, versus these guys. So, uh, And the teams that are not ranked in the AP, by the way, that are ranked in college football playoff, uh, those teams would be number 19, Purdue right there, uh, number 22, San Diego State, and then down here, number 24, Utah, and number 25, Arkansas, which given the fact there are three losses, I... I, I... Well, both, <laughs> of the, both of those teams are purely ranked for this week. They yeah. are purely ranked to drive ratings because, remember, these are athletic directors that have a monetary stake at hand in each weekend's uh, scheduling. These are... The Utah and Arkansas rankings are purely to drive up rankings because Utah faces Oregon and Arkansas plays Alabama. No, no, Arkansas plays Alabama next week. Yeah, they play LSU. They play LSU this week. Yeah, you're right. No, Alabama plays New Mexico State this week. Uh, Another quality win for the Crimson Tide. Uh, It is is up. How, how much I, – I stole this question from a different – Will they cover? Point. Will they cover, though? <laughs> but how much does Alabama have to beat New Mexico State by to jump Georgia? Uh, 70, and even then they won't. Yeah. No, the, the, question is, the question is, is how close does Tennessee have to make it against Georgia where Alabama maybe could have an argument? And the answer is no, nothing because it would have to be – No, Tennessee would have to win. George, the only way George drops is losing. Because, um, I mean, well, we can get into it. Let's get into our winners and losers. Let's well, actually, wait, wait, one, more, one, more thing, one more thing to put in before we hit there. Just wanted to, to go over this quickly. But um, last undefeated teams of the season, Georgia at number one, Cincinnati number five, Oklahoma number eight, and finally UTSA ranked at number 23. And then your odds for the college football playoffs, that is UGA at 80%, Alabama 53%, Oklahoma 43%, Oklahoma, or Ohio State 42%, Oregon 37 Cincinnati 33%, Oklahoma State 23%, Michigan 17%, Notre Dame 14%, Texas A&M 12%, and Michigan State all the way down to 10%, which is kind of crazy. Um, if Notre again, Dame mind you, if Michigan playoff, State wins out, if Michigan State wins out, they're probably like, they could easily be in. There's just there's yeah. just no way they're going to win out. No, absolutely. No way. If, Notre, but, if, if Notre Dame makes the playoff, <laughs> I might not watch college football again. <laughs> picked out of them by Georgia, it w- and that game, no joke, would be 35 to nothing. It, it's not, this is not the Notre Dame of last year 
that, you know, got a little bit frisky versus Clemson, uh, beat Clemson the first time around and then came back the second time around and I believe covered the spread, uh, but did not play well. It was against, was it, it was Alabama. No, they played Alabama last year. They, they, I think covered the spread against Alabama, but the spread was like 21 points. The 2021 Georgia Bulldogs would massacre them in cold blood. It would look like Georgia Vandy because that's how bad Notre Dame's offense is against good defenses like Cincinnati. And that's how good Georgia is just all around. Uh, It would look like Georgia Vandy, but it would be Georgia and a team that's made like three out of the last four playoffs. Um, I just, if Notre Dame, Notre Dame needs to join a conference. It's, it's time. It's, it's very much time. Uh, They won't do it. They have to, they have to to with all this realignment, with all this realignment going on, they're going to be in danger of getting shut out from some amount of money, from some amount of recruiting or what the playoff. I don't know, but with the 12 team playoff, I can see a point if you're a Notre Dame administrator, why you would stay independent because you think, well, we can just schedule our own schedule and make the playoffs every year uh, because there's 12 teams. I, I think eventually with all of the conference realignment happening, Notre Dame is going to have to make a choice because BYU is leaving the independence. Navy already left the independence. They're going to be one of the only independents left, and eventually it's not really going to mean anything. They've got to join a conference. But let's uh, put a bow on that, and let's get to our biggest winners and losers. Jack, take it away. I love this winner. It was going to be one of my winners. You beat me to it. In Fort Worth, our first winner. Take it away. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have a new sheriff in town. And that is not only referring to TCU's new head coach for the time being. That is obviously not our um, full-time head coach. We're still looking into that, which, again, we told you we're still going to we're, we're do what we can. But Jerry Kill has taken over the reins and in the, on the flats of Fort Worth. And... I'm going to say it's looking pretty good to start things out. We have Baylor and TCU facing off in the re-rivalry. Now, we both – I'm pretty sure you were at this game too. I know I was back in 2019, the last time these teams faced off in Fort Worth. Um, okay, so I was. I was at the game. Uh, the game made me want to hurt something because it was an incredibly close game. Uh, famously, Duggan one in, of the – Duggan was in. I uh, had one of the most amazing receiving touchdowns. Honestly, if we had won that game, it would have been like a top 10 catch in TCU history. Uh, with a ridiculous uh, sidearm, like on the end zone, crazy triple overtime game, unreal. But Baylor found a way to win in the end because, as we all know, 2019 Baylor is the most overrated 11 win team of all time and the worst 11 win team of all time. And I will fight that until I day I die. But that was one of their many Mickey Mouse wins that they earned, quote unquote earned. But at the end of the day, Baylor ended up doing all right that season, and then TCU got a chance at revenge uh, last season, couldn't really do it, and then this season was like, all right, let's defend our home, get things back. And Kill said, screw it. I'm taking out Duggan. He hasn't been good. We're putting in Chandler Morris. And Chandler Morris said, 
okay, what else do you want? And honestly, I don't know what else I could have asked from him because he played about as solid as a game as you could ask. And it was unbelievable. 30 to 28, TCU pulls off a ridiculous win. They had lost three in a row. And honestly, two of those three games were games they should have won, uh, but played horribly. Um, The one loss I'll forgive slightly was the embarrassing game against Oklahoma. But I mean, it had been a really, really, really bad last month for TCU football. And this was an unreal win. A very, very, very strong performance. And all I'm saying is that when TCU has to play big, big games and they dress up in those spit blood uniforms, they aren't playing around. We saw it against Texas a few years back. We saw it this week against Baylor. This TCU team just turned it up big time. First time since Gary Patterson wasn't on the sideline since 1997. And TCU said, screw it, we're winning this game. I said in week four, Week four, mind you, I tweeted this. I said, I love Duggan. He's a great dude. But it might be Chandler Morris time in Fort Worth. And if it were Chandler Morris time in Fort Worth, (laughs) now I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say that we would have won all of those games because the defense was still piss poor for all of those. And ultimately, we've been over it a million times. It was the cycle of mediocrity was why Gary Patterson got fired. It wasn't the fact that we were just mediocre this year. But all I'm saying is I think we would have had a little better chance in the fourth quarter of all of those games, maybe even some fourth quarter lead in those games, if we played Chandler Morris because the man went off. We would have beaten West Virginia. We would be a hundred percent of won that game. If he had been, he he has the superior arm talent. He seems to have the superior reads and overall, I mean, say what you want, but I think Baylor is better than any team that we've played on this schedule. Maybe not in terms of talent, but just in not OU. not OU. well, I forgot about that. I, I just blocked that entire game out of my mind. I, I, I also really blocked the game. On. <laughs> uh, I actually bet on Oklahoma in that game because that's how little faith I had in TCU. Well, I um, mean, it's o- Oklahoma. Ne- I mean, TCU Oklahoma is always one of the most pathetic games of the year, and it proves it once again for the trillionth time. So it's just, it's just, uh, God. You're absolutely right. But this is the offense that we thought we would see with a guy like Duggan. You know, you think a little bit mobile, absolute cannon of an arm. Uh, can read a defense, but Duggan really just kind of airmailed every single throw for the entire year. And now we've got Chandler Morris, who is making this offense look like what it's supposed to look like. You're supposed to be able to stretch the field vertically and not just run jet sweeps and overthrow drag routes. No, no more jet sweeps, no more screens. If I we, see I one more, no more jet sweep. I'm going to claw my eyes out. There's a reason (laughs) Doug Meacham is getting fired after this year. He's not going to stick around. And it's probably because we run the jet sweep more than any other team in college football history. I mean, he thinks every (laughs) single receiver that steps on that field who's under six foot is automatically Kevontae Turpin. And that's just not the case. Um anyway, I've hijacked your uh your winner a little bit. Anything else from this TCU game? Well, I mean, it's almost like a joint winner in a way, so I, it's very fair of us, of us uh, sorry, both of us to get in, get in plenty of takes here. But no, it's 
I just I don't understand this team a lot, and I'm very happy for the win, but it's just been such a bizarre season. I'm very glad the defense stood up and played a lot better. I mean, Baylor still scored 28, but I'm, I'm not going to complain about allowing only 28 because uh, you want to know the last time that we let a team score <laughs> uh, under 28 points? Uh, it, uh, um, was it Duquesne week one? Yes, yes. That's the last time we allowed a team to score under four touchdowns worth of points. And they scored three because they're a bad D2 team. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's a shocking stat, by the way. Cal scored 32 on us. Well, I mean, Baylor Baylor is not the 13th best team in the country. No, they're not. And they were 12th, yeah, before it, <laughs> not 13th. So both rankings are wrong. I mean, it's a down year for the Big 12 overall. I think we can say that. Now, they're getting the artificial bump because the committee uh, loves to have a little circle jerk about the Power Five all the time. But Oklahoma State is not the 10th best team in the country. Baylor is not the 13th best team in the country. Get your head out of your ass if you think that. Um the the Big Twelve is having a down year, and the rankings are not reflecting it. But the eye test is. So, if you actually want to stick in the Big Twelve, you can go ahead and go on to your next winner. Yes, Texas is not back, baby. Winner. I, is the winner? Oh wait. Well, we can we can we can use it as a winner. Iowa State. You can Absolutely. kind of tie this into the Oklahoma winner you had. You can exactly. kind of tie it in. Exactly. Just Big 12, yeah. Big 12 we'll winners. Tie it all in. <laughs> just, we'll, just do we'll Big 12. Hey, we're being creative. We're, exactly. we're doing stuff exactly. on the fly here. Um, <laughs> my original winner was Oklahoma by proxy, but we've kind of already been over that. We, we um, yeah. Just going to Texas State, being terrible. Go Iowa State, big winner this week because they absolutely manhandled Texas. The two holding this offense, this Steve Sarkeesian, uh, new age Texas offense to seven points. And what did I tell you about what Brees Hall was going to do in this game? We had the, this whole conversation last week picking this game. We both picked Iowa State confidently. And we, um, or did we? Did we? I think so. I think I I'm going to go. State. I'm going to go back and double check that, but I'll, I'll keep talking. Look. I was but, um, ten and one, and that was not my loss. If I'm no, you had you had a really good. We we did opposite though, because I had a really good week at NFL, and I and and not very good in college, and you flipped. So we um we had very inverted weeks, but uh, I will take a look right now at it. But Bijan yeah, this Iowa State team we were nine yards on the ground. Uh, we were. Oh dang, we were both really good in college football this week. Yeah. We both missed the SMU games. We forgot that SMU sucks now. And then um and then I had Baylor only out of just <laughs> pain of TCU. I also didn't think we would be starting Chandler too. I thought we were just going with um I thought we were going with Duggett again, which would have made me confident that big. I didn't yeah. know that he was gonna end um up and then the yeah, we actually both picked Iowa State confidently. So yeah. yeah. Um, no, it was good on us. Good on us to be smart there. Yeah. Because yeah, this game, I mean, not to sort of inversely uh hijack your thing, but it's yeah, to agree with you there about Iowa State, it's 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 been a very rocky year to be certain. But if you're Iowa State, at the end of the day, you got your bill eligibility. 
your three losses are not particularly great losses, but you lost to Iowa at that point in time was a pretty decent loss at Baylor only by two. And then at West Virginia only by a touchdown. So I mean, it's really not a bad year if you're Iowa state, but you got OU and TCU to go and that's going to be tough. I'm just curious how Steve Sarkeesian plans to uh, change anything about this Texas team in the off season because they recruit at a top level. We were having an off uh, an offline conversation today about uh, the blue chip rankings, and Texas is squarely in the middle of blue chip rankings. They're sitting right about where LSU was when LSU won the national championship in 2019. So the in terms of blue chip ratio, in terms of blue chip ratio, not not saying not making a comparison of the programs at, to any extent. I'm just making a, uh, a comparison of how they how they recruit. But Texas's defense is so bad against both the run and the pass. They gave up 400 yards to Iowa this week. And not only that, but for all we've heard about how great this and innovative this Sarkeesian offense is going to be, um, and with the same, not the same level, but relatively a good level of talent having come from Alabama where you've got NFL guys all over the field, the passing game is nowhere to be found at Texas. And it worked against TCU because TCU sucks on defense. Um, It worked against Oklahoma because that's always just a weird game. And Oklahoma also sucks on defense. It didn't really work against Oklahoma State. Um, And it hasn't really worked since. This passing game is nowhere to be found. And with multiple five-star quarterbacks on the roster, that is absurd. It's outrageous, and Steve Sarkeesian should be ashamed. It's yeah, it's pretty embarrassing to uh, it's really sorry. I looked at the wrong, I was looking at the losers when I was trying to look at the winners, but it works either way. No, it does, and it's again, it's pretty horrible seeing like what these kind of teams. I don't know. It's so bizarre looking at the Big 12 as a whole this season. We've seen so many teams sort of fly up and fly down. We know Iowa State was a big favorite this year. I mean, you know, not talking about them more, but maybe Texas is back. Maybe this is Texas. The success was four straight straight losses. Yeah, see, that's the the thing, though. Success is the aberration. Texas is 100% back. Here's my thing. TCU always beats Texas, and the one year that we don't, what do they do following TCU? Go 0-4. That's karma right there. If That's you simply Texas just lost return. to TCU. No, what, what, <laughs> what people don't understand is that Texas will never, ever again be at the level that they were at in 2005. That was an aberration. That was a statistical anomaly. The real Texas... Loses four straight games in the Big 12. Texas is back, folks. They're back. (laughs) You know what? I think that's an astute observation, especially the fact that Texas has not won a division or a conference since 2009. (laughs) Yeah. No, there were like four good years there, and now Texas is back. 
God, it's just so sad. <laughs> when Texas wins the Sugar Bowl, they're not back. And they beat Notre Dame at home, Joe Tessitore, they're not back. When they lose four straight in the Big 12, Texas is back. But we've spent too long on Yeah, Texas one. only has two BCS Bowl appearances since 2005, not counting a national championship game, which they lost. <laughs> That's hilarious and ironic, and I two. love it. I love TCU that. has more TCU has more appearances, mind you, since 05. So keep that in mind. Um and more wins. So uh we'll move on to my second winner here. We'll try to pick things up as we get through our a little bit of smaller topics. You know, Big 12, which is big this week. Uh, but next up, which I know I, I did this one just for you, Noah, because I knew you'd appreciate it, but it was deserving too. But the next winner is good old Rocky Top. <laughs> Rocky Top, Tennessee. 45-42. The Vols storm into Lexington and get a big win over the Wildcats, which is what they deserve for being at a stadium that's called Kroger Field. If you play on a field that's called Kroger Field, you deserve to lose every game. And that's not me hating on Kroger. It's me hating on disgusting sponsorships like Kroger Field. So just like Louisville, when they had Papa John Stadium, did I want them to lose every game purely for that reason? Yes. And when they got rid of it, am I okay with them winning? Absolutely. Now, again, it's okay this week because they play Syracuse, so I do hope they lose. But Cardinal Stadium sounds so much better than like Papa KF, John's. Like God. the KFC Yum Center. Don't even get me started on that. That makes me sick. It's disgusting. I love I, how they named it the Yum Center. So It's bad. not just the K, like KFC Arena. It's the KFC Yum Center. It, like... It just it, it makes it's like hard to even come up with like the KFC Yum Center. <laughs> At least they keep. Uh, it has an exclamation point. Yeah, it's the yeah, official yum, title exclamation point. This game. Like that's a the the box score of this game. If you want to talk about, we were talking about the playoff rankings as an enigma earlier. The box score of this game is absurd. If you haven't looked at. Yeah, this game, this game is insane. Kentucky had 35 first downs. Outgained Tennessee by almost 200 yards, about 150 yards. Had it was, uh, Penalties were, were roughly the same. If you look at, oh, where is it? It's For some reason, it's not showing up on this particular um on this particular summary, I'm going to have to go to ESPN to find it probably. But the time of possession is something like 45 minutes to 17 minutes in favor of Kentucky. Kentucky ran, I think, 99 plays on offense in this game. Tennessee ran something like 45 Kentucky was completely God. and totally incapable of stopping the Vols, and their entire game plan was to just hold on to the ball for the entire game because Tennessee was scoring like every eight plays or something ridiculous like that. This The box score of this game, if you looked at it from the surface, not having watched the game makes zero sense. None whatsoever. Yeah, this game was absolutely ridiculous. Again, I mentioned the score was as bad as it was, but um, 
Gotta hand it off to Hendon Hooker was absolutely ridiculous in this game. 15 for 20, 316 yards and four touchdowns. Played a fantastic outing here. Kentucky still did a decent job at running the ball, but passing was was really not that bad either. Just definitely worse than what Hooker put up. An interception by Kentucky certainly didn't help, but uh, the Wildcats uh, never actually, they didn't lead at all in the first half. Their first lead was right at the beginning of the third quarter. Um, and then after that, they did not lead again. So only one short lead, and the lead w- was actually only a 45-second lead. So despite only losing by three, the Wildcats only led for 45 seconds in the whole game. So uh, pretty impressive outing. Uh, Tennessee winning this game was big. We actually, I think we both, we did both predict this game correctly. So both of us did have Tennessee getting the win here. I think that's mostly because we both realized that it was pretty wildly overrated uh, seeing the Wildcats at 18, which proved to be correct. And... Yeah, if you look at Tennessee's schedule down the stretch, they're five and four. And thank goodness they play the University of South Alabama and Vanderbilt. So should get to six wins extremely easily. But they also play Georgia next week. So that will have to wait another week for them to get to six wins unless we see one of the biggest miracles in the history of college football. It's a 20 point spread for a conference game on the road, by the way. 20 but, point. But how many road. teams, how many teams has Georgia faced that averaged a first down per play against Kentucky. And that's true too. Georgia has not played too many teams that you would say, well, boy, boy that's a great, great offense. offense. Like, yeah. would you say Clemson, UAB, South Carolina, Vanderbilt all have great offenses? No. Now, no. Arkansas has a decent one, and they performed horrifically Clemson, against Georgia. So I'll give Clemson them that. doesn't even have a offense. Clemson's, Clemson's offense is negative <laughs> on offense. No, Clemson's is absolutely miserable. And then – um. Auburn's is just the Bo Nix curse. Kentucky doesn't really have any offense. Florida's offense is a joke now. And then they play Missouri, whose offense just makes me want to cry. And then they have Tennessee, and then Georgia has a tough end of their schedule. It's Charleston Southern, Sir Charleston Southern, and at Georgia Tech. So it is kind of funny looking at Georgia's schedule now how, <laughs> how Georgia Tech, Charleston Southern, Clemson, UAB are all just horrible out-of-conference games. Georgia had a incredibly weak out-of-conference schedule. I'm not saying they still deserve me number one. Yeah. I get it. I get it. But – all I'm going to say is watch out, <laughs> watch out for the Vols to cover this weekend. It could yeah, happen. They, it's a 20-point spread's tough. But Georgia has not seen an offense like this all season. That's all I'll say about it. I'm not taking the Vols to win. I thought about going. Uh, didn't work out. But the Georgia does not have. Uh, what it takes to beat the Vols this weekend. Any more notes from you on that game? Nope. Let's move on to your next winner. All right. My next winner is Travis Dye, running back from Oregon. A recurring, a recurring, uh, a recurring winner on this podcast uh, because the man is just an absolute tank. CJ Verdell, Lost for the season, um, running back from Oregon. He's he's an NFL prospect. Uh, he's a very good running back. But Travis Die, my guy, Travis Die, twenty eight carries, two hundred and eleven yards against Washington. Remember, this is the same guy that had a couple weeks ago four touchdowns on four carries in a row. 
He might. Yeah, that was that was the UCLA game. He was one of my winners for that reason. He was unbelievable. First player ever to do that, by the way. Can you believe that this kid might be the best player on Oregon's offense? Probably is the best player on Oregon's offense. In fact, I'm going to go say it. Not even probably. He is the best player on Oregon's offense, and he was a backup to start the year. Now I understand how good CJ Verdell is, but Travis Dye is electric. Guy on the season has 134 carries for 820 yards, 11 touchdowns, and averages 6.1 a carry. It's been a good year. <laughs> yeah. No, least. He, he's an absolute animal. Uh, and just to get this out of the way, Oregon versus Washington, I feel like this was a closer game uh, than, than we thought it would be. Uh, but the spread in this game was, I think, only six and a half. Uh, and a lot of people didn't think Oregon was going to cover that. No, um, Washington Oregon is a bad football team. Did in but... fact cover, but Washington is a football team in complete disarray. I mean, we knew this when we saw them lose to Montana um, at the top of the season, but this is a team that's in complete disarray. Uh, they've fired their offensive coordinator. Uh, they're starting to clean house in the assistants, and it's only a matter of time until Jimmy Lake uh, has – Two feet out the door. Uh, uh, note on that. Out. Note on that. But Washington actually fired their offensive coordinator after that game. And uh, mind you, this is the same Washington team that was ranked to start the season, and then immediately lost to Montana. So don't forget that, please. And and um, and I'd also <laughs> like just because I was doing some research on it today on the blue chip ratio. Uh, Washington under Chris Peterson had a above fifty blue chip ratio. Washington was recruiting at an extremely high level under Chris Peterson. And I realize that it's very tough to follow a great college head coach like Chris Peterson. I mean, I don't think anyone has anything bad to say about Chris Peterson. He had success everywhere he went um, and he could coach pretty much anywhere he wanted to uh, if he was still coaching right now. Uh, Obviously he retired to take some personal time off, but the job that Jimmy Lake has done in completely torpedoing that program that Chris Peterson brought to the forefront of the Pac-12 and at one point the forefront of college football and the college football playoff. I mean, what a absolute job by Jimmy Lake to torpedo this program. Yeah, this has been honestly depressing to watch. It still makes me laugh when I think about it. Oh, yeah, he gets suspended a game for that. But, uh, yeah, it's ridiculous this team made the playoffs only a few years ago, and now it's a complete joke. So <laughs> it's been a very steep decline for the Washington Huskies. But, you know, it's Pac-12 football for you. And my final winner coming up is actually we're going to stick out west, and this one is one of the biggest winners I've been waiting for. The winner of is, the week. This is, is the, the winner of the week. And not even the. This is your Arizona Wildcats <laughs> have finally won a game. America's team. After 25 <laughs> months without a single win, 20 straight L's. Oh, boy. It is the miserable, the pathetic, the joke California Golden Bears that are the victims of the of the Arizona Wildcats, who are now 1-8 and eight on the season. But, hey, that's a big one right there. Can you believe and- TCU almost lost to <laughs> Cal? Cal is so bad. Also, speaking of Arizona, oh my God, that's a decent spot for Gary Patterson to go bring that program out of the depths, get it back from mediocrity to like, 
maybe a little bit of success and then back into well, mediocrity. Note too, Cal actually will not be playing a game this week because they were supposed to play Southern Cal, but that game got delayed due to a lot of COVID cases. There have been actually very, very few of really any games this season that were delayed due to COVID-19 cases. Just like last year, we had a lot. Um, very, very few this season, but this is one of them. So Cal USC will not be playing this week. Not that anybody would really care anyway. Isn't but, Arizona but, uh, that's fourth close. string quarterback? Aren't uh, they would anyone even know? Last QB on the roster. Not that I know anything about Arizona. Oh, oh, here's here's the best part about it. Will Plummer was their quarterback, freshman quarterback for Arizona. He won this game, mind you. He won. 16 for 28, 129 yards, two picks, no touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, baby. And that was that, your winning quarterback. That's that Baker Mayfield NFL stat line. Oh, it's just simply – I mean, imagine being at this game. <laughs> Arizona – here's here's it even gets imagine better. Arizona, Arizona had three turnovers. Game. Arizona had three turnovers. Cal had zero, and Arizona won. But here's, but here's the reason why Arizona won this game. The Cal offense was only able to get 122 yards in 60 minutes of football. Woo! That's that's the Cal, that that's Cal Golden Bears for you. Horrendous. Oh, that, boy. That, and, that uh, had to be the worst game of the week. Like, that had to Cal, be the worst game to watch of the week. Um, and Cal has to go at Stanford in a couple weeks and then at UCLA, and then the USC game will be made up on December 4th. That's the day after the Pac-12 championship because, obviously, Cal and USC are both not going to be there. So – um, there you go for that. But that's my final winner. If you can go up to yours, then we'll get to losers. We'll try to get through that um, timely because I know we're running out of time here. But um, go ahead well, and get your last one. quick one. The LSU defense gets my final winner pick because they didn't beat Alabama. But much like, oh, who was it that we gave the moral victory to earlier in the year just for competing? Uh, it might have been Kansas. But – Whoever that was earlier in the year. Oh, no, Kentucky. It was Kentucky for at least competing against Georgia. Uh, I believe they covered the spread in that football game and put up like 13 points. Um, LSU gets my moral victory because they held Alabama to six yards on the ground, which is a stat that, A, I never thought I would see out of an Alabama Crimson Tide football team, especially one with Evan Neal on their line and Brian Robinson in the backfield. Uh, but just icing on the cake for the fact that Bill O'Brien is the greatest offensive mind of our generation. Uh, Bill O'Brien is the Kyle Shanahan of – offensive coordinators can we acknowledge one player though can we acknowledge one player for this game um jameson williams absolutely cooked um the lsu secondary i do have to give him credit because he had 10 receptions for 160 yards and a touchdown which is actually better than his six receptions for 123 he had against tennessee and if you haven't heard this guy's name before i'm surprised you haven't because he also had 10 receptions for 146 and two touchdowns, even in a loss to Texas A&M. So this uh, is pr- one of the best wide receivers for Alabama. He's got 870 yards and seven touchdowns, averaging 20 a catch. Yeah, um, so just want to shout him out. For, he's an Ohio State transfer, and if you've seen that Ohio State wide receiver room, you understand why he transferred because, I mean, relative to the past four years, this is a weaker group of Alabama receivers, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, not relative, relative not, to the last four years. Yeah, yes. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Relative yeah, yeah, to the last yeah. four years, which featured Devonte Smith, Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddle, 
uh, who's the other one that I'm missing? Oh, uh, the other guy. Yeah, him. Uh, we won't. He who shall not be named. Yeah, that must uh, must have slipped your mind for a second. Uh, the guy from uh, from the uh, from the NFL. The 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 guy. Got to make know. sure to lock that down in your head, though. Yeah, got it. But yeah, <laughs> oh, lock boy. that up and throw the key away. Just gotta, <laughs> but you know, uh, just gotta drive that point home. Yeah, please don't crash and burn with your point there. But oh um, God, um, <laughs> let's. Well, Oh God! Let's just let's move on. Losers. <laughs> Losers. That's All right. Next up. Next up. Oh, next up. I'll go ahead and continue this. But uh, losers. Uh, besides that whole situation, um, because that's obviously will be a loser uh, for the next uh, probably fifteen to twenty years. But um, last joke. Last joke. Um, <laughs> first loser up. Uh, this one will take about fifteen seconds because we basically already talked about it. But I just wanted to last just like drive uh not part of the last joke that was intentional but drive the point home about playoff committee because they suck but that's our first loser of playoff committee they're terrible we know they're terrible we already broke that down i basically just shoehorned that in here so not really much to say left but you can go on i just want to make a point that they're yeah, in my well, loser my, category my, and screw them my first one already kind of got burned as well uh that was uh the texas longhorns so i will go <laughs> yeah we did that another- one too Texas team that I hate. Oh, it was a good weekend for TCU football. We had Baylor. It was. Lose. It was a great well, weekend. We beat Baylor, so Baylor lost. We had Texas get blown out by Iowa State. And SMU. Oh, what a joy. What a joy. Thanks for coming Give out. Give it up. Give Thanks it up for, for the Mustangs. Out. The Pony <laughs> Express. Your head coach might be on the way to Fort Worth in a couple of months. Uh, maybe not even that long in like a month. Uh, your coach might be driving his happy ass, uh, 30 miles to Fort Worth and you lost to Memphis. And this is not the Memphis that we saw under Justin Fuente and Mike Norvell that was making waves in the American conference. This is a bad Memphis team. Um, a Memphis team that I believe would have, what is it? Four wins. I'm not looking at the rankings right now. Um, uh, Memphis has five wins with Memphis with has win five wins. Week. They should have four wins because Mississippi State got absolutely jobbed by the refs in that week one game. If you remember that, uh, was week, 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 week three, but yeah, that was, was uh, week three. Yeah, that was, they were three and oh after that game. That was later. You know, my timeline is very, very off. Yeah, wait, uh, what exactly happened with that punt? So there's oh, a rule. oh, I'm watching. Okay, actually, I'm yeah. watching the replay right now. Let me let so me pull, this. A rule I'll pull it up and football. copy it. There's a rule in football. Um, if if you don't already know this, uh, I'm not assuming that you're you know some kind of football idiot or anything. I this is something that I didn't <laughs> no. know until we <laughs> no, had no, no, I know. until in when I was playing high school football, we had referees come talk to us about like emphases and just like little rules and stuff like that. Uh, there is a rule that. Once the kicking team kicks off or punts, either one, uh, once the kicking team punts, if they touch it but do not pick it up to return it, so, so in other words, the kicking team has to physically pick up the football. They can't just tap it down. If they touch, if it hits the kicking team at all, the receiving team can grasp grab the football 
and do whatever they want with it, and it will not be a turnover. They they get possession no matter what. So that's what Memphis did when it hit Mississippi. It hit a Mississippi yeah, we'll, State we'll Watch it, watch it play. Watch it. We have we have it right here. We'll, we'll watch. Let it play out. We have held Mississippi State. Okay, punt. Scoreless. In the second Can't half. see it that well. And this ball will be downed inside the 10. Yeah, but he downs it. Like, how is that not down again? The Bulldogs. Because that doesn't down it. Can Austin scoop it up on the return? Calvin Austin will take it all the way. The other now, way. there are multiple so, reasons that that play should have been called back, including the fact that there were two players with the same number on the field for Memphis. Well, now it looks clear. Okay, okay, here's the replay. See, they... And the ref was like, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what they're supposed to do. That's why you're literally taught in jun- in junior football, well, in like State. high school football, <laughs> you're literally taught any time on a punt, do not just tap the ball. Oh, because it was a kick return, basically, is what the hell they treated it. Yeah. They say, don't just tap the ball. You pick it up and hand it to the referee. Wow. Either way. That's, that's unreal, but <laughs> Either way, Memphis would only have four wins if they hadn't uh, gotten the refs to make that call for them, which was actually if, uh, in later uh, in a press release uh, corrected. But the Pony Express uh, is my first loser of the week. Uh, thank you, Memphis, uh, for that wonderful gift of – not having to talk about SMU anymore until they play Cincinnati. That is true too. And uh, next up, my second loser here is one that was painful to write because I was so happy about them a few weeks ago, but you have to be added here. And this is our next big game. We wanted to talk about for a bit, not too long though, mostly because we sort of already talked about the main gist of this. And that is that Purdue should no longer be called the Boilermakers. They should be called the Grim Reapers because this team haunts the souls of anyone who resides in the top five. We keep saying it. Every week they find a way. 17 wins against AP top five teams, most all-time by six games. Your next top team only has 11. It's crazy. Purdue is the best team in the country when they're unranked playing top five teams, and it's not close, and that's all-time history. No way not close. They are the best. And it's absolutely ridiculous. They beat number three Michigan State by a lot. It was an 11-point win. Basically, not entirely, but basically killed the Spartans' chance of going to the playoffs. Um, again, it's not a lock. It's only having one loss with still Ohio State to go means it's not a lock. But obviously, if you're Michigan State, you now have to win out. There's no other option. And while it's possible, that's obviously not very likely. But a really, really huge win. Purdue also locks up bowl eligibility with this win. So not only do they uh, get a big win there, you also lock in a bowl game, which given you have two top five wins, Purdue could actually go to a pretty decent bowl this year. So credit to the Boilermakers for getting a really big, that's a big win, uh, not only um, to get that, but also getting the other side win. So um, that's a pretty solid game there. So I just wanted to mention that. And uh, other note here... Oh, that was actually it. So, yeah, just saying that they lost pretty bad there. They aren't 100% losers simply by the fact that the College Football Playoff Committee um, 
didn't rank them that low, but they also put them below Michigan State, which is a massive loser moment. So you mean um, below Michigan? Yeah, sorry, sorry, below Michigan, which makes them another loser simply by the fact that they did not put them there. So just wanted to point that very depressing fact out. <laughs> oh well, I I'm trying to find Mississippi State in the rankings here. Uh, they are my final loser because fail state never see never fails to fail. They never fail to fail. We were all complaining last week about, well, Mississippi State shouldn't be ranked. They suck. They happen to beat like three okay teams that shouldn't be ranked either. Well, with the with the exception of uh, A&M. A&M deserves to be ranked. They, they are deservedly ranked. But Mississippi State went out and did the job. They got the job done, and they lost against Arkansas which we love to see because now Arkansas has snuck their way into the rankings. Um, It was, I mean, Mississippi state missed a field goal as time expired. And Mike Leach has been very much on record saying that anyone who wants to kick for the Mississippi state Bulldogs uh, can come try out and kick for the Mississippi state Bulldogs because they are that bad at kicking. Uh, and they missed a field goal to tie up this game. Their offense played pretty oh, no, no, well. No. Missed a 40-yard field goal down the middle, mind you, to yeah, lose this The game. offense <laughs> played pretty well. Uh, Will Rogers had 417 yards passing, uh, but they could absolutely not stop Arkansas in the trenches. These are two teams built in completely different ways. Uh, Mississippi State is, of course, built around the Mike Leach air raid, uh, the old Texas Tech air raid, uh, very, very um, cutting edge offensive strategy in well, the you're saying, early 2000s. To add to your point, which is I think is the biggest nail in the coffin of this game, is that Arkansas's final touchdown to take the lead was a 10-play, 75-yard, two-minute, one-second drive. They ended with a four-yard touchdown run and a two-point conversion by the same player that was uh, Dominic Johnson, the running back. So that really is your backbreaker there. When you have two and a half to go and you're up by four, you have to make the stop. And, of course, they didn't and ended up losing the game for them. But that's the kind of play that's just so sad. But then even with 20 seconds left, Mississippi State was able to get themselves into field goal range and pretty comfortable field goal range. 40 yards um, is a pretty decent range for a, a good college kicker. And so, yeah, that's uh, it's a very strange game. Mississippi State, as you said, deserves yeah, to be Yeah, this is another box score enigma for me. Uh, it's because very strange. if you look at the box score, I mean, Arkansas only had 191 yards of passing. And granted, yeah. they outrushed Mississippi State by a fair margin, but Mississippi State doesn't try to run the ball that much. They're a volume-passing team, uh, and they won the time of possession because of it. But it ultimately, comes hey, Ray, baby. The, it ultimately comes down to the fact that Mississippi State can't kick a football, and they shouldn't have been number 17. They are not the 17th best team in the country. No, and we can now move on to our top games of the week that we haven't covered yet, just to cover a few of these um, left. Um, five and six, Ohio State and uh, Cincinnati, at least your former number five and number six. Uh, I know we've changed now, but I'll, I'm talking in terms of last week when they played. Ohio State, Nebraska, and Cincinnati and Tulsa both had weirdly kind of similar games where both these teams were heavily favored. I don't think either of them really got that close to covering. And oh, both Ohio State covered. They were favored by less than 10 against Nebraska. Yeah. 
They were only favored by no, like they weren't. They're, seven and a half. Four, they're a 14 point favorites. Oh, uh, you know what? I took them in a teaser. That's why I teased yeah. them seven points. Yeah. They, they so, did so not 14, so 14 point right. teaser, which I mean, it's Nebraska, which is pretty sad. And then Cincinnati only had an eight point win against Tulsa. They're favored by 22 and a half because Tulsa's not that good. So, yeah, these were kind of concerning. Not that they were like red, red flags and alarms going off, but just both these teams had weirdly similar weeks. And I thought it was a little strange to them. Um, to go down again, Oregon, Washington, we talked about was a similar game too. And I understand this kind of goes back to the playoff earlier, but we, we have really gotten off of Cincinnati and I understand why I understand the outrage that, you know, the committee and they're undefeated and how can you put Alabama at number two and Cincinnati is undefeated and how can you put Oregon ahead of them? Well, I don't think Notre Dame is that good. I don't think the committee does either. I think the committee is just rating them based off of their power five wins and the fact that they were in that game in the first half, at least. But if you do keep them as a top 10 team, that does still have to hold respect, which is think I think the reason why Cincinnati is still number five. I, I, I would agree with that. I respect their win over Notre Dame. I don't think it's still a a double digit road win. Which is, it that's is a double digit road win against a top ten team, yeah. In, in Notre Dame, it's not it's not just a double digit road win. You're winning at you know Arizona, <laughs> top ten ranked Arizona for no reason. Like you beat Notre Dame in front of football Jesus and seventy thousand Notre Dame fans, and like, Desmond Ritter looked really good too. Like, and, and they looked really good in that game, but they haven't looked good since. They've really struggled against their in-conference opponents, and they've been able to come out with some of these wins, but they haven't really kicked the crap out of all these teams like we would like for them to do. Um, so I understand why Cincinnati isn't getting the benefit of the doubt from the committee because they're not going out and doing what – and I mean, we can't compare every team to Georgia, but what Georgia is doing, which is going out there and – just absolutely dominating inferior opponents. Cincinnati should dominate Navy. There is no question about it. Notre Dame kind of dominated Navy. But Cincinnati slowed down recently because if you look at their earlier games, Miami of Ohio, uh, Murray State, and even Indiana, Notre Dame, all those were very strong, solid wins. Temple was a big blowout win. UCF was a blowout win. But then Navy was by seven. Tulane only by a couple of scores. Both those games are on the road, at least. And then you come back home for Tulsa, college game day, and you still win by eight. So, yeah, they have USF next week, who is horrible. You have SMU, who's slipping up, and then ECU, who's decent but on the road. So, it's like, you still should win out. They're still going to be heavily favored in all three of those games. But but it's like you're not going to play Power 5 teams every single week, which I get this argument between – like. Could Cincinnati win the ACC this year? Yes. Oh, Cincinnati would win would the, sweep ACC. the ACC. I don't know they if would, they would lose in the ACC, frankly. No, they would still go undefeated in the ACC this year, and I'm confident in saying that. But the fact that they don't play those teams on a week-to-week basis is why the committee is holding it against them. And now and, we're just – the argument won't it. We're, we're, we're just getting back down the road. Uh, yeah, the road we, we won't go the rabbit hole too much, but I, yeah. I do want to make the point, though, that this problem will not end – with the realignment. It will not end at all because the realignment basically makes it where, yeah, your teams like Cincinnati, BYU, those specific teams are fine, but there's going to be a new Cincinnati. Just like Cincinnati is like the new Boise State. When Boise State had all those runs back 10 years ago to 10, well, now almost 15 years ago, 
but they're just the new Boise State. And then what UCF was five, six years ago. So it's the same thing. Well, and the fact but of I'm, the matter is the Big 12, as much as I hate to say this, the Big 12 doesn't deserve – the new Big 12 does not deserve to be a Power 5 conference. It's a Mickey Mouse Power 5. It is. It as is, much as I love that term, it is. <laughs> but but in, in, every, in every conference, you've got a powerhouse team. You've got Oregon uh, slash USC when USC is good uh, in the Pac-12. Even in the ACC, you've got Clemson. At least you have Clemson. Um, well, well, Florida State before that, but yeah. In Florida there's State, always, there's always some, that, but it was like right before that. Right. Florida State, Florida State was right before that. I remember, 2015 was the year that Florida State started to started to sort of curl back, and that was with the Georgia Tech uh, miracle loss. But then, what happens in 2016? Clemson comes onto the scene, and even 2014, even with with uh, with other guys too. So like it was, both those teams were. I mean, it's been actually kind of a long time. So who uh, are your powerhouse teams in the new Big Twelve? You've got BYU. Here's your choices: BYU, Cincinnati. TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma State. Unless Texas Tech comes out of nowhere and goes, you know, dials it back to the Mike Leach era. Yeah. That you really don't have a powerhouse team that can really anchor that conference. Uh, and that's why I'm, re- I'm really, really scared that, you know, once that changes, if we don't go to the 12-team playoff, which we're supposed to, uh, but there's still a long way to go there. Uh, if this if this holds, uh, that that conference is going to get really really looked down upon. Uh, but but and speaking let's, let's of talk. Big Twelve, I do want to mention. Yeah, next up with the Big Twelve, which this is actually the last point I have to make on the Big Twelve before we get into our um, agony Olympics. Actually, but um, last Big Twelve point is that Oklahoma State came into West Virginia, and yeah, they asked to get some more respect, and I I honestly. They earned a little bit of respect for me this game. I've been very wishy-washy in Oklahoma State this year, which I think is deserved, mind you, because they have yet to play a game that I went, wow, that was impressive. When you beat Missouri State by one score, Tulsa by five, Boise State by one, K-State, I, mean, I was sort of like, okay. I mean, there was not really any impressive games, but the West Virginia game was pretty impressive. But beating West Virginia on the road is a pretty tough thing to do. And they went in and whooped them. Now, West Virginia led 3-0 at the end of the first quarter. But after that, it was 24-2-zip. Spencer Sanders still looked like an idiot, but it didn't matter because West Virginia's offense was absolutely miserable. And this defense of Oklahoma State was very, very, very good in this game. Again, Spencer Sanders is still the weakest part of this Oklahoma State team. We both have been making this point for a year and a half now, and it still is aging excellently. But they're still winning because they proved that if you have a lot of really solid team around you, if you have a really good defense – and you have the coaching to lock it in, they're going to win games. And I have to give it to Oklahoma State. This was a really big win. Um, I know it's it's not as much this week that big, but when you have TCU up next, which is a really solid like run of TCU last week, you have Texas Tech on the road that you should win cleanly, and then you have Oklahoma and Bedlam. That's a tough stretch. So shout out to them for actually doing something decent here. Uh, and then after that, oh, sorry, Jay, if you want to add anything, you can. But No, and I was just going to mention that Texas Tech did hire their new head coach. Um, he was an assistant on, I believe he's an assistant at A&M currently, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But a longtime Texas high school football coach, never been a head coach in college football. Uh, they're really hoping that he can hit the recruiting trail really hard 
and get some of these uh, priority transfer portal guys um, in the room. Looking at you, Spencer Rattler, I'm sure he would love to have you on the squad in Lubbock. Um, and then a uh, next point I'll make um, is actually kind of crazy that we never mentioned this game a single time until now, even though it was the highest ranked on ranked game of the whole weekend, even though he never mentioned it um, was probably because the game was honestly kind of boring. It was 20 to nothing or sorry, 20 to three, um, even though it was actually three, three early on, but A&M absolutely lays a hammer on Auburn. Um, if you remember from last podcast, when, um, we should, yeah, if, if you remember, if, uh, if, this was if the second Alabama, <laughs> if Alabama Auburn is the iron bowl, this should be the second place bowl. Every year it is. Game it's, it's, it's going to be every year for second place. The and the thing is, this, this game was – I actually was going for Auburn before I switched my pick to A&M, and I'm very glad I did because the point you're making of going back to Kyle Field, they have a big game coming in. It's Bo Nix in a big game like this. And, yeah, Bo Nix is pretty miserable. But, yeah, this game was frankly not extremely entertaining. A fumble return sealed it up to make it 17-3 to late in the game. We actually didn't have a touchdown um, at all in this game offensively because, uh, God, this was – yeah, <laughs> this is a rough game to watch. I really need to go over it a lot. But, um, yeah, this is Aggieland Delight Part 2 as I like to call it. So um, big win for Texas A&M, who is asserting their dominance over the Yellowhammer State. Um, only other games I'll touch on is Ole Miss uh, beating Liberty by two scores, get some Hugh Freeze revenge. They actually got in trouble for tweeting out a Hugh yeah. Freeze thing. Uh, Ole Miss getting a little bit of trouble there. Which, I mean, two, what Hugh if, Freeze, two Hugh what, Freeze tweets. If there's anything better together than chocolate and peanut butter, it's Ole Miss and getting in trouble. And so that's, uh, I man, that is a lot of fun seeing that happen. But know. they still won. He's- Hugh Freeze and twenty-year-old escorts are uh, pretty far up there. Um, Liberty, Liberty, and taking L's on and off the field. Liberty, a quality, Liberty, quality and scandal are two <laughs> Liberty and scandal in a pod. Uh, Liberty that, and losing. <laughs> that that school just like the fact that it was started by Jerry Falwell. It is just that's a red flag number one, and we don't we don't need to dive into a whole liberty no, talk, but no, it's no, it's no, it's, no. it's still it's still pretty good when they lose. I'll just say that. Um, also, Florida State loses their sixth game, which means we're only one game away from Florida State being non bowl eligible. So cross your fingers, guys. Um, would be very fun to see that happen, just because to be mean to Florida State. Um, Graham Mertz is still undefeated against unranked teams because Graham Mertz is the greatest quarterback of all time when the team doesn't matter that he plays. Um, that's a pretty good fact that we know. And when he doesn't play them, he is the worst quarterback of all time. So that's the the difference there. Um, you're either getting God Graham Mertz or – not true. Well, it still is true. They managed to beat Iowa, but he was still terrible in that game. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. That he doesn't. He is horrible when they play anyone ranked, and when they play unranked teams, what did he do? 240 yards and three touchdowns against Rutgers, who was miserable in this game. God, Rutgers was awful. And Wisconsin wins five in a row. They're six and three. Wisconsin's actually playing pretty well now. I know we've been dogging Wisconsin a lot, but they've actually well, they've had a really defense, good run. Their run defense is elite, and their run defense has been elite. Yeah, no, it's very it, good. It's the fact that Graham Murray, but but don't forget not, though the passing once, defense. Once in this you game? put a, once you put a little number in front of the team that they're playing, Graham Mertz just like goes into a shell, like a turtle. okay. But you've seen you've seen the the passing defense though was more impressive in this game. Verdal uh, or Vidral for Rutgers, eight for 16, 81 yards and two picks, no touchdowns. It's Rutgers that's pretty. Football. I'm just what saying that's a horrific stat line. I got I gotta give um I gotta give some credit there. That can't be uh, the most horrific stat line in Rutgers history. There's gotta be at least 20 games <laughs> from a quarterback that are worse than that. 
Oh man. I mean, fifty percent um, completion rate. It's pretty good for a Rutgers quarterback. That's true. That's true. Uh, and next up, we can go on into my last game before we get to Agony Olympics. And this is this game I just want to shout out because I want to give you a fun fact about this game. But San Diego State beats Hawaii 17 to 10 in a pretty tight game. I actually watched some of this game. It was up at an obscene hour. I mean, of course, it's Hawaii, so it's really late. Um, it's, it's like Pac 12 after after dark, or sorry, Mountain West after after dark because Pac 12 after dark is the thing. Uh, we got to get two afters for the Mountain West. But uh, Hawaii's four and six. They're pretty bad. But I just wanted to mention to you about Hawaii one thing. So I don't know if you knew this because this is actually a, kind of an interesting point I wanted to talk about just because I, I think it's so interesting. But um, Hawaii actually doesn't technically have a football stadium right now because – Aloha Stadium where um, the Pro Bowl used to be. Uh, they actually don't. Wait, what? Um, so that's actually what I wanted to get into. And I was just going to spend a quick five minutes on this. Where they play in a thing. volcano? So, <laughs> I mean, basically, but this is what I wanted. I'm going to pull up the, I'm going to share the screen. Cause I want, I want to, <laughs> I want to show you this. Cause I didn't know if you knew this, but I just want to get a, a fun Hawaii thing. So the Hawaii rainbow warriors play here <laughs> because, which looks like this now. So it's a little better, <laughs> but Hawaii plays at a high school but here's the funniest thing here's the funniest thing this isn't a high school stadium this is on hawaii's campus an aloha stadium it's actually 10 miles off campus not only is that true but aloha stadium has actually been condemned by the state of hawaii and by the city of honolulu because this <laughs> because the stadium is so badly out of prepare, repairs and there's been no renovations or refitting done on it in decades that the stadium is literally falling apart. So they had to vacate everything out of Aloha Stadium because it could have like collapsed in on itself and they had to go here because Hawaii doesn't have the funds to actually build a stadium yet. So this is where Hawaii will not only play this year, but the next two seasons locked in at least. So we're seeing three years minimum of Hawaii football here. At the at the track stadium, and there's no plans yet to build anything else. Like for, this, for, this for, is what they got. Nine thousand for any TCU people listening. Uh, this is <laughs> the equivalent of you know the track that's like on the corner of Bel Air and uh, what 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 street is that? It's Bel Air. Uh, well, it's Bel Air and Bel Air, right? I think no, so. No, Bel Air and Barry. <laughs> It's on at it's, least it's, twenty it's the corner games of Seller and Barry, and if if it's the equivalent of TCU playing football games on that track where you can literally like there is actively traffic like passing the stadium. So that's that's twenty four thousand fans they used to have in twenty nineteen. So that's fifteen thousand tickets that they aren't going to sell anymore for the next three years. <laughs> so basically, it's called like um. This name of the stadium, I'm trying to see what exactly it's called, but uh, so the TH Ching Athletics Complex is what is what the complex looks like, and so yeah, so at least it's on campus for the first time in decades, so students should actually be able to come there. Um, but it's uh, it's pretty sad, so just wanted to say the attendance for this game was uh, only 6,000 people. Well, for a division you know- one. FBS game, which is sixty nine percent of the capacity, uh, which is nice. Oh man, that's, that's nice a nice indeed. crowd. Um, that, that at least that's one positive of the game. Well, but just I at mean, least, <laughs> at least they have like an appropriate sized stadium. Um, some teams, 
need to downsize. Let's be honest. Vanderbilt football needs to downsize. Their stadium yeah, should it's... hold their crowds, which is like 6,000 people. This would be a perfect stadium for Vanderbilt. <laughs> this would be a perfect stadium for – hey, look, champions. <laughs> hey, look, we can watch the game for free from the top of the parking garage. <laughs> I love how this is like the most beautiful exotic state in the union, and this is what we get for Hawaii football. Is there even a this single palm it. tree? Is there a single coconut oh, anywhere oh. near that field? <laughs> Look right here. There's a couple palm trees. Oh, at hey. the backside of the track. You have more palm trees at the Rose Bowl. <laughs> Pasadena. You can see that our beautiful tennis courts in the corner. Oh my god! Tennis and watch Hawaii football at the same time. I love how I love how this is like the new retrofitted version. Like this isn't even yeah. like no, this is their the new spicy one. Like this is what it actually looks like. Yeah. <laughs> this is. <laughs> what? Oh my god! Imagine being San Diego State and like you're Bro, imagine the old like Chargers. State imagine now. getting a scholarship offer and coming here, and this is what you get to play in front of. <laughs> imagine, imagine you're San Diego State or Boise State, who plays in the awesome Albertson Field in Boise, Idaho, uh, with the blue turf. You get a blue out crowd. People in Boise go crazy for Boise State football, and you show up to play. A team called the Rainbow Warriors <laughs> on a high school track. <laughs> no, I'm actually I'm pulling up like this is the difference. This is the difference. Like, look at this. You get an offer and you say you could play in this Mountain West Stadium <laughs> or perhaps the TC Ching <laughs> Athletics Complex. <laughs> look at these beautiful views of Hawaii. <laughs> We really, we really need more reacting to stuff on the internet on this podcast. That's what we, we, we need would, more. Yeah, <laughs> this would fuel so much conversation if we just, like just reacted to terrible things oh, on the internet. What a beautiful entrance to the TC Ching Athletics oh, Complex! Wow. Oh, you get a good view of the baseball stadium. This hey, is at least so depressing. at least you can like kind of. Is that the ocean? No, that's just way. Small. Way over here. Is that, is that the water. ocean? Yeah, there's some water. water. I see some water. Yeah. <laughs> you can kind of smell the sea air. Oh, God. You can also smell the fumes from the parking garage where students are actively parking their cars during the game. I mean, this is, like, this is, this is FBS D1 football. <laughs> That's all you get. <laughs> I'll say this. It's an appropriately sized stadium for Vanderbilt. See, and this is the, the best part is see Hawaii. Let, let's take a let's take a gander real quick. So Hawaii played at UCLA. So this is the difference. <laughs> and the Rose Bowl. <laughs> Which I know it's mean to even compare this, but like <laughs> Well, you're comparing, like it's honestly not. You're comparing the greatest atmosphere in college football. Not not UCLA. I'm saying, right, but even Rose. even Oregon State, like Oregon State football stadium. Yeah, in Corvallis, Oregon, it's beautiful. Like, it, 
This is a, a trillion times better. Wrestler Stadium is, I mean, this is obviously, well, that's a mock-up, but like, it's like, oh, this, oh, actually, this is a renovation. Well, that's really nice, actually. I didn't know about oh. this. This is, a, this is the renovation they're doing. This is beautiful. Wait, 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 wait. We can't do stadium talk without mentioning the Idaho Vandals. Oh, oh, the Kitty Dome. The greatest the college football location of all. Yes. <laughs> Look at this. Oh, you know, when I think of Idaho, it's like what? an Let's... Air Force <laughs> hangar. It's like an Air Force airplane hangar. So this is this is what I think of when I think of the state of Idaho. I Look love Idaho. It's one of my Look favorite these... states. It's oh, this is, I'm not I'm, I'm not even making fun of it. Look at these images. Look yeah. at this. This is Idaho. And then no, I say, Idaho, you know what Idaho football gets to play in? This. <laughs> Idaho low-key Idaho low-key is by far the most underrated state in our union. I'm I have not been to Idaho, but I would here. I would very much like to go to Idaho. I know you've been in Montana a lot. You're up there a bunch. So, yeah, if you ever have another trip, please take me up there. I'd love to see those states. I think that'd be amazing. Idaho but, – um, Idaho and Montana um, are awesome, but yeah, we couldn't get through that without showing the Kibby Dome. Uh, but let's uh, let's move on to another fun know, part of our podcast. I know we're we're always we're always very off topic with things, but we like to have some fun. But we have this is this is personally we spent a we spent like ten minutes on that. But uh, this this is um, always the, my favorite part is getting into the Agony Olympics. Who sucked the most? Let's find out. Coming up first, and again, these are in no particular order, but just coming up first, we have the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. They lose to UNC by letting them score 58, ooh, goodness, 58 points on them. And yes, we know that UNC is not very good this season, but apparently when they're playing Wake Forest, they are. After that is Baylor, which is losing to TCU's backup quarterback, Chandler Morris. Absolutely cooking Baylor, which we love to see the Bears lose. Uh, sucks to be you. Mississippi State losing to Arkansas in an uninspiring road loss we talked about. Minnesota. <laughs> I saved I saved this one. Oh, I saved this one. Minnesota was ranked last week, and we wrote, quote, I have qualms about this in all caps was in the <laughs> script. And we talked about that last week. And what did they do? They played Illinois, and they scored six <laughs> against Illinois. How do you score six against Illinois? Hey, Simply credit remarkable. to Brett Bielema. He's now beaten two ranked teams. <laughs> wait, wait, or is it three? Wait, who did they beat week one? It was Nebraska. Was Nebraska ranked week one? There's no way they were ranked week There's one. There's no way. I, I refuse to believe that Nebraska was ranked week one. They if were not. Brett Bielema they were not ranked. They were not ranked. Four week wins one. and three of them are against ranked teams i'm gonna lose it they lost to utsa by seven and this then they team... lost to purdue they lost to purdue before they were ranked they beat they lost to wisconsin by a trillion they lost to beat penn state and they beat uh, minnesota and they play illinois they are sorry they play uh iowa next week so perhaps perhaps perhaps, perhaps. oh but, uh, i'd actually another overrated team that sucks can illinois be the grim reaper of the big i mean i know we already have purdue but can they be the Grim Reaper, like Purdue, but for the 20 through 25 spots? Uh, like, perhaps. Just they could. Knocking, like just knocking out terrible Big Ten teams that don't deserve to be ranked? I think they could. I think it's fair. I think they could. 
Um, let's let's give let's give out uh, gold, silver, and bronze. Um, and um, gold medals. Oh, one, one more, one more, yeah, one, yeah, more. Yeah. Yeah. one more. Got one more. Well, Fresno we State more, lost but... forty to yeah. Fresno State lost forty to fourteen against unranked Boise State at home. So I want to make that true. Boise State's been suffering this season, and they got absolutely rocked by the Broncos. And then lastly, Texas. You're not escaping this, Texas. You're not escaping yeah. agony. No. And Texas losing to Iowa State, horns down forever. And this was an absolutely uh, just beautiful. This game warmed my heart. This game made me quite happy. I hope so, Texas fans are shaking in their boots. You see that 15-yard penalty? Yeah. Oh, get used fly to it. Play. Fly. I'll, I'll do the ref move, which we'll get to our NFL talk uh, hopefully oh. this week when, uh, with, with, the, with oh. the hip check. We'll get to the hip check call. <laughs> these with referees. that miserable, miserable Monday night game. But we'll, we'll get to that later. These referees in the NFL are it's it's getting shocking. <laughs> it's shocking. It's shockingly bad. I know. It's we'll, we'll get we'll get to that with the NFL podcast, but we have six nominees. Six nominees for your Agony Olympics. Who do you choose as your bronze medal winner? Uh bronze medal I'm going to give to Fresno State because Boise State's not been that good this year. I'm proud. I'm proud of the Broncos. Um but I expected way more from my guy Jake Hayner and uh, the Fresno State Bulldogs, who won me money against UCLA earlier this year. Uh, Jack, who do you got for the bronze medal? This is a tough one. My bronze medalist this week. You know what? I'm going to have to give it to Mississippi State because this was painful and they let themselves down, but we weren't really shocked that they lost this. But they still deserve a lot of pain for it because they had hope. And when that hope is just snatched like that, that's mm-hmm. what really hurts. It's that much more but they painful. shouldn't have been given hope. They that shouldn't have been given painful. hope. That was not well, fair. And, and, that and is. I, I agree. I agree totally. Um, I, I, for my silver medal, I'm going to go with Mississippi State. Um, if you know me personally, I have a very complicated relationship with that particular school. Um, just love to watch them lose anytime I can. It just warms my heart. Um, and to see them lose after being ranked when they, I didn't think they deserved to be ranked. And I don't think anyone who actually watched that team play uh, thought they deserved to be ranked. Uh, that it just, it warms my heart. And there's a special place uh, for it there. So, Mississippi State, congratulations. You are the runner up in the Agony Olympics this week. Uh, my runner-up is going to be Minnesota on this one. I know this loss was terrible. I know this could easily be a gold medalist, but I put Minnesota that's one, that this one for kind of the same reason that you put Mississippi State for the fact that it's like they they they, they should not have been given hope. There was no reason to do that. That was mean, College Football Playoff Committee. Bad Playoff Committee. Don't give bad teams hope and then watch them lose. That's mean. Don't do that. And they keep doing it. So Minnesota gets this spot, not number one, because it was extremely painful, more painful than Mississippi State. But it, its I won't give them that far. So I'll, I'll give it a silver because it's still pretty bad, but not the worst. I, I just think it's funny because who were the most – who do we think were the two most overrated teams in the playoff ranking last week? There's an argument to be made for Mississippi State. There's an argument to be made for Pitt this week. But last week – it was Mississippi State and Minnesota. Gold medalist, roll the boat. Uh, as my friends in Minnesota say, roll the boat uh, in their northern Midwestern accents. Um, 
they were by far the worst team in the top 25 last week. And I think they absolutely proved that. Um, yeah, this was pathetic. And, and was Illinois horrible. is getting better as a team. But if you are in the top 25, you have no excuse to lose to Illinois. Zero. No, it's, no. it's, it's, it's miserable. It's absolutely miserable. Um, and for, for my own in this game, my number one team that I have to give the shout out to. I would say my gold medalist is the Wake Forest Demon Deacons because I have been saying for months that this team is overrated. They don't deserve their spot, and that's where they should be. And everybody, if you see, if you check Twitter, you check Instagram, any social media, any college football blog, everybody has been saying forever, look how good Wake Forest is. This team is a real serious team. They're going to contend. No, no, they're not. And I I don't know how many serious – People were saying that, though. I don't understand because I was sitting there the whole time watching them. I keep saying this. I watched them live. I was there at the game. I photographed the game. I was on the sideline, and I watched this team play, and I was like, do I think that Syracuse is still underrated? Yes. Is their record worse than how they are? Absolutely, and I will fight on that topic. But does that mean that Syracuse is really that good or Wake was overrated? It's way more the fact that Wake is overrated than Syracuse being that good. And – Wake did not play well. You play against UNC. Wake's defense had been not in, been crazy good, but have been pretty solid over the season. And that is the product you put on the field when you. And if you look at Wake Forest, do they have a crazy schedule left? No. But your one big game that you could afford to lose was NC State, and now you can't afford to lose that because North Carolina was supposed to be a solid, good win. You now have NC State, then you have at Clemson, and then at Boston College which, yeah, Boston College, you probably should win. But even at Clemson, Clemson's been starting to turn it up a little bit. I mean, Wake Forest could blow their whole season in a matter of a couple of weeks, and all you had to do was not let UNC score 58 points on you. And, of course, Wake Forest could not succeed in doing that. So that, well, to me, you know, harder, uh, easier, easier said than done. Um, yes. Anyway, that'll wrap it up for the Agony Olympics. Let's quickly – run through these picks. I don't want to spend too much time breaking these down. Um, but first up, well, for last week, I went 10 and one. Jack, you went nine and two. Let's give it up for the boys on a pretty Great week, week for us. Great week pretty for week us. Great week. I actually won uh, I actually won a decent amount of money last week. I hit a UFC parlay. I hit an NBA parlay. I hit a... Tex, or sorry, Tennessee and UTSA parlay in college football. And then I hit an NFL parlay on Sunday. So I had a pretty good you. weekend. But, you. Um, let's get into these picks. First up, we've got Michigan versus Penn State. And I want to say Penn State's going to make things frisky here and just kind of throw a wrench in the Big Ten race. But I'm not ready to go there. I think Penn State's season is more or less done. I haven't been impressed with Sean Clifford. Uh, I think Michigan gets it done this week. Uh, this is a game where I really want Penn State to win. I think that would be awesome, both just for the fact that I dislike Michigan, but also the fact that note in this game, too, just a note in this game, Penn State is only a one-and-a-half-point underdog at home. So note at that, only one and a half point underdog, at least what ESPN's tell me right now, which is making this kind of mm. juicy for an upset pick. But I don't know if I want to take it. Michigan State's, or sorry, Michigan's offense is much better. Their defense is much better. Penn State has been horrific in their last uh, four games, losing to Iowa, losing to Ohio State, losing to Illinois, but getting a good win against Maryland. Yeah, congrats. 
Um, while Michigan has tripped up against Michigan State, but bounced back really strong last week against Indiana, which we didn't talk about that game because who cares, but that was still a very solid game. But yeah, Michigan's offense puts up 10 more points per game. Their defense is pretty much really, actually really, really similar in terms of points per game allowed, slightly better. But yeah, the last three games that Michigan's played, they've played uh, really well. Even with the Michigan State loss, they still played well, just lost at a really close game. That was a good game. But the only reason why this is close is because it's a noon game and it's again, it's at Penn State, which makes it tricky. But this is most certainly going to be a fourth quarter game. I see this being super close and I see this game probably hurting Michigan's uh, tight odds to get the playoffs, even though I think they're going to win still. But Michigan's got at Maryland and then Ohio State, which is going to be the – I mean, that's going to be ridiculous. And the only reason why, even though I want Penn State to win, I wouldn't mind if Michigan kept winning out simply because that game would just mean everything. It would be really cool to see. So, I don't know. I just think Michigan should still win this game. But it's not going to be clean. It's not going to be pretty. This is not This is not going to be any kind of blowout. This will be a tight game. Yeah, absolutely. And now we got OU going to uh, the wretched uh, – City of Waco, Texas. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not say city. Let's not the get ahead town, of ourselves. The the the, vil- the village. The the, the um, hamlet. What, the the oh why am the municipality. <laughs> the, the trading post of Waco. The municipality <laughs> of Waco, Texas. The godforsaken <laughs> municipality of Waco, Texas. The, the gathering um, of people. <laughs> <laughs> a, 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 buildings. <laughs> a sort of gathering of people wearing green in near a river in no, they wear vomit colors it's, it's it's a dark it's a dark green and a mustard it's somewhere the color of vomit. in uh somewhere in north central texas in the middle of nowhere um about in between two decent half. places <laughs> yeah in, it's in about, between two decent right places. in between uh two great cities uh, you have the municipality of uh, Waco, <laughs> Texas. Uh, Which will where... host the team from a municipality of Oklahoma City, <laughs> Norman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from from the Oklahoma City suburb no, of this Norman. This is the municip this is the municipality bowl. <laughs> this is the middle of nowhere bowl. <laughs> and honestly, I would contend that Norman is a better place than Oklahoma City, having been to Oklahoma City multiple times. I've um, not been to OKC, but I have been to Norman, and Norman ain't much. <laughs> I would contend. It's not terrible, but it's not there much. Is, there is more to do in Norman than there is to do in Oklahoma City. Um, just thunder. by nature of the fact that there's a college there, and there's literally nothing in OKC. Um, the thunder. That's besides the point. Uh, it is number eight OU versus uh, somehow still number 13 Baylor. And. <laughs> I've got OU winning this game. I don't like it. I th- I'm gonna hate watch this game, but I don't, I don't even want to watch this game unless it's a good game. It just makes me sick to see both these teams. Yeah, <laughs> I have Oklahoma pretty cleanly in this game. They're I think they're obviously the better team coming into it. I don't really think it's that close particularly. Um, defenses have actually surprisingly been pretty close, and actually offenses have been fairly close. Baylor with a much better rushing offense. Uh, but their passing offense is obviously uh, lacking a little bit. Um, as well as points per game, uh, Oklahoma clearly blows Baylor out of the water with 43 average, which is actually insane. They score 43 average. Um, Oklahoma quickly. scored 50 points in three of their last f- four games, which is kind of remarkable. So, no, I quickly, Oklahoma should run away with this. Would you rather – I'm going to give you six cities. I need you to rank uh, – I need you to rank them, okay? Oh, Lubbock, Texas. 
Waco, Texas. Norman, uh, Oklahoma. Stillwater, Oklahoma. Manhattan, Kansas. And Ames, Iowa. Go. God. God. So, so I was thinking, no, no, because I oh, – God. I was thinking you were at least going to say Lawrence, Kansas, which actually I like Lawrence. So I was no, like Lawrence, Lawrence would have been number one. Lawrence is kind of close to KC. That's too close to like a big no, city. No, Lawrence – Lawrence, uh, no, but honestly, because I went to Kansas to cover the tennis tournament a couple years ago, I will 100% give it to Lawrence. Lawrence is a very nice college town. I like Lawrence a lot. KU is a cool place. I'm, I will not – Well, yeah, and him, it's close. But it's within shouting distance of KC, which that's – tr- That's true too, which is also a good thing because I, I like KC too. But it's yeah. – Oh man, that is that is heinous. Um, <laughs> you don't actually have to rank them. That was more just so I could talk about how Lubbock might be the worst simply because it's so far away from anything. Yeah, and you have to live in Lubbock, which is like you. No, if you're in like, Lubbock, you might as well be in like New Mexico, which is <laughs> probably worse. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's just hotter <laughs> with less things to do. Would you rather live in Juarez, te- or Juarez, Mexico, or Lubbock, Texas? I would live in Juarez, Mexico, and not have either hands. Just have no hands. Yeah. Would you rather live in no Tijuana in a jail cell, or <laughs> live comfortably or Lubbock, in Lubbock, or have a mansion in Lubbock? <laughs> <laughs> I would already be on my way to. Tu- I would have booked my flight as you speak. Oh man! Because at least you can fly to Tijuana. Unlike you can't fly. To- I don't even know if I, you can fly to. I don't even know if they have an airport. I don't even know. I'm gonna go to a job interview at some point in my life with a Texas Tech fan or someone who like loves Lubbock, Texas, or Waco, and they're gonna see this uh, podcast and doing their homework on me and. I'm I'm just gonna get a hey don't come in the thanks, um, but anyway but, let, let's let's move on. Uh, Purdue plus. versus Ohio State. Do we think Purdue does it again? I didn't think so against Miss or uh, Michigan State, and that's why I bet on Michigan State. But do we think Purdue gets it done in Ohio Stadium against a Buckeye team that's already lost? Lightning always strikes once, and we know Purdue's gonna get a big win once. Lightning can strike twice, and we saw it happen. But, but does Iowa, lightning ever Iowa. really strike three times? Iowa. Come on. Iowa. Did lightning really strike, or did Iowa at the At the time, time it did. At the time it did. I think it, you have to count it at the time. That has okay, to be so fair. Give it, given some context. Okay. I, I will take it because That's of the context of now. the win. I'll take it because of the context. Yeah. Because look at the first game of the season for Purdue. They beat Oregon State by 11, and that game meant nothing week one. And now that's actually a pretty good win because Oregon yeah. State's got like, they're like five and three. So that's no, like, I, yeah, that's I got a point. That's a great That's point. why I'm saying that it's, it goes both ways. Um, like their Minnesota loss still looks pretty bad. <laughs> and like the Wisconsin loss is not really aging great. Um, but they're off of two wins in a row. They've been solid wins. They're going to come in with a fire under their stomach. And I get that after this game, they play Northwestern and Indiana both at home, both of which Purdue probably could win. Like Purdue could very easily be an eight-win team this year, which is crazy to think about. But Purdue could be an eight-win team. And I just – I can't see it happening a third time. And, again, I would love them to prove me wrong. That would be – three top five wins in one season and still go nine and three would be insane. 
but I just it's so hard for me to believe that this game is gonna be I, I just there's just an inevitability of Ohio State every year, and I feel yeah. like that's still gonna come through, yeah. and it's really hard that, for me to shake that. I yeah. want to shake it, but I just don't think it's gonna happen. That's that's the key here. Uh that that's a great point. Um just, Texas Thanos Th- I, I got I got it's Ohio State as well, by the way. It, it's it's Thanos State at this point. Texas AM versus the University of Mississippi. I uh, got I've got AM winning this game. Uh they're coming off of a big win at Auburn. I think they've figured out Grant Calzada at quarterback. And quite honestly, I just don't think Mississippi is as good. I don't think Ole Miss is as good as they were earlier in the year. Uh, I think they've just had a lot of confidence shaken. Uh, Matt Corral has been banged up, still playing really well, but he's been banged up. Uh, I don't think it's going to get any better against A&M this week. My only thing is the reason why I think I may actually be going uh, with Ole Miss in this game. And not just to be different, because I do have some different picks, but my thing is that the reason why I'm going to go with them here is I get that Liberty is not that great of a team. They're not bad by any means. They're they're seven and two going to that game. They're not bad at all. And one of those losses was a game winning field goal to Syracuse go orange. But I have to mention the big reason this game is we have harped so much about Mississippi's defense not being good. Malik Willis is one of the best quarterback prospects in the country without a question. He has been unbelievable in the last two seasons. He is going to go in the NFL draft as a first-round pick. He's going to be good. He was held to 16 for 25, 173 yards, and three picks. No touchdowns against Ole Miss. I would not have thought to see that coming at all. This was supposed to be a way high-scoring game where Ole Miss was totally going to not be shut down. Right. Malik Will is really good, and he, he was – Anus in this game. He is, and he, I have to give Ole Miss credit. I have to give them credit for he's that. He's really that, that good, but happen. he's also playing completely outmatched there. Like that team, they had no chance against Ole Miss. But Willis was bad individually, and he's supposed to be the one part of the team to be really good on his own part. And but he was really bad himself. In the, it's such a team game. But you still have to put blame on someone when they throw three picks and no touchdowns and are very inaccurate too. That's got to be – that's on him, too. I get that Liberty's still, also Liberty's still allowed Malik, 27 points. I mean, I also don't think Malik Willis is like that good of a quarterback. I mean, he's a good college quarterback. I don't think he's going to be anything in the NFL, quite honestly. Well, but that, that's sort of irrelevant to this, though. I mean, I'm more just saying that it shows how good he is. But, I mean, it doesn't really matter to the point of this. But, like, it's, it's more saying the, – the point of what I'm saying is more about the fact that it's – that he is able to beat and play really well against a lot of good teams. And my point is that the fact that Ole Miss was that good in that game is impressive to me. And I think that needs to be pointed out and that it's very, very, very solid of how Matt Corral is able to compose himself and come out in this game and be very solid. And I understand how good that he's been. And so I just I just wanted to point that out. I think Ole Miss got a lot of it together. I know you say they haven't been playing as well, and I get that that Auburn loss wasn't good, but they still got the Tennessee win. They still got the LSU win that was stronger than the Tennessee win. The Auburn loss was a setback, but they came back and played great against Liberty. I just – and part of it's also the fact that it's fought Hemingway Stadium. It's the final um, 
it's the final night game uh, against an actual opponent of the season. They play Vanderbilt the night next week, but obviously don't count that. Um, and then after that's the Egg Bowl, which is on the road. So this is the last big time primetime oh. game. Ole Miss gets a chance. I just think the stars are kind of aligning for it. This is a I'll big opportunity you, for them. It's I'll a night game in Baltimore anyway. I'll give you the last little bit of my reasoning here. Texas A&M, if they went out and Alabama loses to Auburn, Texas A&M is playing in the SEC championship game. So Texas A&M has more to play for than Ole Miss at this point. Um, And not just that, I think Texas A&M is the better team. Uh, So that's why I'm going with A&M in this game. And I'll probably bet that pretty confidently as well. Um, Next game up, we've got NC State versus Wake Forest. And look, this is the fraud bowl. This is like the uh, NordVPN internet fraud bowl because that could be a game one day. Don't it, don't make fun of that. <laughs> that could, could, don't don't tempt them. Don't tempt the people. And you just this. get two teams from the ACC that have pretty much exclusively played like the bad teams from the ACC. Um, Wake Forest. Maybe they do something in this game. I don't think North Carolina State has the offense to put up 58 like North Carolina did. But I also don't know if Wake Forest is going to have the horses against NC State when they're finally starting to play these decent ACC teams and not just the bottom of the barrel. Um, I I got NC State in this game, but I got them close. I think Wake Forest is going to fight their asses off. Uh, but I just don't see them coming out with this win. I think it's kind of the end of the road for them. I actually have Wake winning this game, and the reason why is because their offense has been absolutely ridiculously unstoppable this year, and they've been able to outpace a lot of teams. And the thing is, is that you can say, well, of course they lost last week, but do I think that UNC's offense has been better than NC State's in a lot of facets this season? Yes, I do. Yes. And I don't really, and I don't really think that NC State's defense, for as solid as it's been, is really that amazing. They still allow 220 passing yards a game, which isn't exactly elite. And so I think that because of that, Wake Forest can exploit this. They can put up a ton of points. Wake, I mean, Wake has put up just, I mean, this is the last few games they put up. Mind you, three of these games have been on the road. So three road, this is a home game. So three of these games have been on the road. 55, 45, 70, and 40. I mean, crazy number. And I get, I understand these are not the best defensive teams in the country. I get that. But even looking at Syracuse, just to point them out, because I know they're one of the better defensive teams on that schedule, which isn't saying a lot, but saying something, Syracuse's defense is better than NC State's. And actually, every facet of the game, they allow fewer yards a game by a lot. They allow, they allow 30 fewer passing yards. They allow a lot less rushing yards. They are a much better defense than NC State. And Wake still put up 40 points on them. And again, I saw the game live, and they didn't really have a lot of trouble doing it. So that's my point here is that even against good defenses, Wake doesn't really care and can put up the points they need. So I don't think NC State can really stop this team at all. Now do I think that, that NC State can catch up to Wake? Possibly. I know their defense isn't great, but I don't think that offset's going to be good enough. I think Wake should win this game, and they're still looking good. They're still undefeated in conference play. Keep in mind, so. didn't Wake give up 50 to Army? Yeah, but they won by double digits. Yes, That's but thing. Army has a significantly worse defense than NC State. I'm I'm really not trying to argue over the ACC right no, no, now. I know, I know. 
because it's well, it's the ACC, and there's a zero percent chance that I watch this football game. But but here's the one point though: Army's passing yards allowed is only ten more than what NC State does. In fact, Army's defense is a lot closer to NC State than NC State is to Syracuse. That's my point here. I don't think that at all. I think NC State and Syracuse well, I mean, are very close is. together. I'm saying the stats of I'm saying in terms of yards allowed defensively. Yeah. Simply yeah. stats in the season. I get that's different with scheduling and all that. I get you can get nitty gritty on everything, but like, I, and I'm not saying that Army is equally as good as Syracuse. I know they're not, but like it's I'm more the point I'm making is that Wake will score a million points no matter what defense they're facing. That they have had zero trouble against literally anybody scoring, and I think that trend will continue. I yeah, still don't think Wake is that great of a team. I still think they have a lot of flaws and still like have some issues here. But and I mean, yes, I think this game will still be a, a, an absolute shootout. Of, it'll be a fun game, but I can get with it. All right, next up we've got Arkansas versus LSU, and I know these boys are playing hard for Coach O down in Baton Rouge, uh, but they're so banged up. They've got so many guys out. They played their hearts out against Alabama last week and lost. And I think Arkansas is just going to be more ready to go. Um, I actually, I only kind of put a placeholder pick for this one in because I actually didn't know um, who was going to be out for this game because I was sort of making these picks late. So I did want to know, but who actually is in and out for this game? Because I don't actually know what the, what the form is on this team. For we, right now. we probably won't know up until game time. Uh, I know LSU's got a lot of guys. I mean, their two best players in Keyshawn Butte and Derek Stingley Jr. are out for the season. And they were still able to play pretty well against Alabama, but this team has been banged up. I think they only had 40 scholarship players at one point, maybe less. So then I'm going to have this take as like a like a placeholder take. Um, it's going to depend on uh, some guys here. But if guys like um, Cordell Flott are going to be in this game, which is one of the top cornerbacks on this defense, is expected to be back. He's expected to come back. I think if guys like veteran, they can be in. I know that Arkansas more focuses on the run, the pass, but I I don't know. I'm I'm kind of on the fence here. I I think that LSU could come away with this. They're actually um, the favorite on this game is pretty even. I just think that the trend that Arkansas has been going has been so bad with three losses in a row, and then, yeah, they beat Arkansas Pine Bluff, woohoo, and then beat Mississippi State, but we all knew they would because it wasn't that difficult. But going into Death Valley, this game has been a historical rivalry game. Um, Arkansas-LSU always produces some high-firework game. It's a night game. Again, I'm kind of feeling the vibe of the late night, like night game, home SEC team. I'm kind of yeah, riding with Baton that one this week. I, I, I get that. that. It's in Baton Rouge. It, it's and, the, and both these the teams are bad against the conference. Football. That's that's my only thing. I I know both these defenses are banged up and not doing great. I get Arkansas statistically is better than LSU in a lot of ways, but I think that that even with how LSU's been doing, that really close loss to Alabama on the road, I think they're going to come out and get a solid win here, and I think they really can. I have a lot of faith in LSU. I think they may do it. I don't know. I'm feeling good about it. I think they could do it. Well, next up we've got – Nevada versus San Diego State. I'm actually going to go with Nevada here. I'm going to pick the upset. San Diego State has a great rushing defense, but we haven't seen them really, really tested in the passing game, except for that game where they played Fresno State and they got beat by Jake Hayner in Fresno State. Now they have to go up against Carson Strong in Nevada, and Carson Strong is fit top five in the country in terms of passing yardage. I'm going to go with the Wolfpack here. 
And I think it's a good popular upset pick. I'm going to stick with San Diego State simply because they're just coming back home. I get going out to Hawaii is always tricky, and, and Hawaii did put up a great fight against them despite the loss. But um, I'm going to still ride with San Diego State in this game. I have a good feeling about the home favorite. It's going to be late night. This kickoff is at 1030. So if you're staying up late, oh, uh, maybe yeah. able to catch a little bit of this. Um, I don't know if I will. I'll be flying back from the Louisville game. But yeah, um, I didn't get to I didn't get to catch any of the uh, any of the late night games last week because yeah. I was watching UFC 268, which was well worth the purchase price. I mean, that was an and, awesome fight. And I do understand that the temptation to pick them is pretty good, considering the last time they played a really solid quarterback was well, that was Fresno State and Hayner, who ended up playing pretty good against this team. So I, yeah. I do get that that's that that's another solid reason to pick them. And I get that also if you look at. I mean, Hawaii, they didn't really do anything at all. Um, but, no, I, I think this will be a lot of fun. This is probably the biggest uh, – or actually, I think it's the um, biggest Mountain West game of the season. It's on SCBS Sports Network, um, So, which I don't know why. The FS1 game is Utah State-San Jose State. That doesn't make any sense. But I don't, I don't think it is the biggest Mountain West game of the year. I think Fresno State-San Diego State was probably the biggest Mountain West game of the year. But, of course, Fresno State has to go below it to Boise State. Um, you know, yeah, that's retrospect, but let's move on from the mountain West. Let's go to the sec where Georgia will travel to general Neyland's stadium, uh, in Knoxville, Tennessee. And Oh boy. I, this will be I, quick. I, <laughs> this I, will I be quick. Cloudy with a chance of trash on the field. Uh, is my forecast for this game. Uh, and not maybe not physical trash, but Tennessee will definitely be trash this weekend. I, I, there's a chance they could make this game frisky, but ju- I'm not going to pick any different against Georgia. Um, I think Georgia will roll in this game. They own the SEC East, and there's nothing. Sadly, sadly I agree. This should be pretty quick. Uh, next up, we can go right to the one and only Atlanta college football team that's not named Georgia State, and that is Georgia Tech, who will host a game against Boston College. And, oh, boy, if you like football, don't watch this game because this game is going to make you hate football. As much as I love Georgia Tech, um, they do not love me back, and this game could be painful to watch. Now, Georgia Tech is favored slightly in this game, which they should be because Boston College is worse despite having a better record. They, I don't think they're any good at all. Georgia Tech's offense is definitely better. Their defense is definitely worse. But Georgia Tech has been having a lot of really close, hard-fought losses recently, and I think coming back at home is going to help this team out a lot. Uh, I get that Boston College actually had a pretty good win last week after losing a zillion in a row, but um, I think that Georgia Tech could come out and get a decent win. Again, they played well last week. Uh, their passing game is really bad. Boston College has absolutely no passing offense at all. Um at least in their last couple games, uh, but their rushing hadn't been too bad. Georgia Tech's a little more balanced, but um, I think Tech can come out and win this game. Georgia Tech's wins have been very weird this season, but I think a home win uh, could help them out a lot. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just going for Tech here. Uh, mind you, if Georgia Tech loses this game, um, I will no longer be bicking them because you want to know who Georgia Tech's next two opponents are? Uh, Georgia and Clemson. No, not Clemson. They already played. Georgia and Wake Forest. It's at Notre Dame and then Georgia. Oh, hell yeah. All right. Well, I don't know who to pick in this game. I have not watched a single second of either of these teams playing football this season. So, Jack, uh, heads or tails? I'll go tails. <laughs> All right. 
Georgia Tech it is. <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> and there it is. Uh, uh, blanket Coverage Podcast, the math edition. <laughs> Probability for you. Uh, we can go next up to TCU versus number 10, Oklahoma State. Uh, this game is going to be a pretty fun one, I think, where TCU is historically actually pretty decent in Stillwater. Um, and this game could be a lot of fun. I'm very excited about it. Uh, I actually went to this game back in 2017 when they played there, uh, which resulted in a big win for the Frogs. But We've I'm not going to lie. We're going to be pretty big underdogs in this game. 13 point uh, – uh, well, 13 point dogs. That's the cover. Yeah. Bet that cover right now. Bet that cover right now. Chandler Morris is electric. And we finally get to face an offense that, like, even if we didn't play defense, I'm not even sure if they could put up points. We have a better offense. We, we have a much better <laughs> offense than Oklahoma State. Now, whether we, we just have a score or not, <laughs> but but we've seen how that Chandler Morris unlocked our offense. And Baylor's got a pretty good defense as well. Not quite as good as Okie State. Uh, but yeah. I think we get it done on the road in Stillwater. You know this team loves to play spoiler in Stillwater. And I agree, and I think TCU can come out and get this win. I know that's kind of a bold uh, upset claim here, obviously, but you know what? We'll go with them. And last up, our final pick as we approach two hours on this mega podcast. I know, it's been a while. It's been dark here the entire time, by the way. Oh, two same. hours ago when we started yeah. this. Completely dark. Um, well, Steve, you're an hour ahead of me. <laughs> It was 6.30, and it was dark completely. So, uh, yay for wintertime approaching quickly. But the last game up here, the game I will be attending this weekend, is Syracuse up against the Louisville Cardinals in Kentucky. And this could be a game that is going to mean a lot if you're a fan of middling ACC teams, which I, in fact, am a fan of middling ACC teams. So I long am thrilled time, to watch this long game. Long-time middling ACC team fan. Yes, uh, so yeah, Syracuse, oh, oh yes. So Syracuse is coming to this game at five and four, and oh my God, the Orange can clinch a bowl game with this win. Who would have thought? Not me, because Syracuse actually can do it. But can they? Now Louisville is coming to this game at a worse five and four record. So they actually they are the worst team overall coming to this game. And Louisville's recent form has been pathetic. They have gone one and four in their last four games. The only win was against Boston College at home. Lost to Clemson barely at home. Lost to NC State on the road. Lost to UVA. Lost to Wake Forest. They can't get it together. Syracuse, after a string of losses in a row, has pulled together two actually pretty impressive wins back-to-back. And the Orange have been rolling pretty uh, pretty strong these last couple of games. The offense has finally found its way. Sean Tucker is, without any remote slight doubt, the best running back in the ACC. It's not close at all. Um, I, I Frankly, it's not close. Uh, Sean Tucker is best running back in the ACC and top five in the country, if not top three. And he has been absolutely insane. Nobody has found a solution for him whatsoever. And let's see, how does Louisville's defense do against the rush? Oh, they allow over 200 yards a game. Sean Tucker's going to do whatever he wants in this game. They've allowed over 200 yards a game to teams that don't have Sean Tucker on them. He is going to do whatever he wants. And I can bet you right now, the spread is Louisville by three. And you know what that means. It's going to get covered no matter what. And we can go ahead and, and throw it up there. Throw it up yeah. there. Dino Babers, yeah. the cover god. Let's go. Let's <laughs> the go. cover god himself. And, yes, I believe Syracuse is going to win this game. Clinch bulge ability. And hopefully, hopefully I will be able to cover that game. 
Um, looks like if we do do it, it could be either the Pinstripe Bowl in New York, the first ever Fenway Bowl in obviously Fenway Park, or Ooh. perhaps the Military Bowl in Annapolis. Yeah, it's weird, but uh, it's coming anyway. Playing football games in baseball stadiums, it's just can we stop? No, no, no. Can we stop playing any other sport but baseball and baseball stadiums? Like what? It's NYCFC it's the still most plays awkwardly built. Like it's a di- It's not the shape anyway. Um, I got yeah. <laughs> I got Syracuse uh, winning and covering as well. Uh, riding well of course you'd have us covering. <laughs> riding the Dino Babers train all the way to uh, to a bankroll. But if that is it for you, Jack Wallace, that is it for me. Thank you so much once again for listening to the Blanket Coverage podcast. Uh, we will be back later this week. Jack's got some college basketball stuff he wants to get going. Uh, we've got NFL coming up this weekend. Haven't touched on that in a week or so. So we will be getting back um, in the studio, in the booth, uh, doing some more podcasting here. Getting you all set up for the weekend But for now, I am Noah Parker. And I'm Jack Wallace. Peace Peace out, out, y'all.